Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. And uh, I'm going to warn you in advance, uh, I'm going to have you write down a lot of things today. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to uh, use as many scriptures as I did in the first service um, because I know we need to be conscious of time because all of our kids are at kids camp right now. And I, I, I will be honest with you, I was a little bit tempted as uh, Spencer and Robert were you know, encouraging us that remember we got kids to pick up. I did think, wait a minute, do you mean the longer I preach, the longer our kids stay at camp? Do you mean the, and I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I thought, okay, I, I, I will be cognizant of that. Um, but if you got a Bible, go with me to Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one. We're in a series that we started last week that we've entitled Waiting on a Promise. Waiting on a Promise. And, and the, the idea behind this series is to remind us that this season we are in uh, called Christmas, it really is all about Jesus, the, the, the Christmas season, we, we said it last week, and it probably doesn't bear repeating considering that most of us are uh, Christians, believers, or at least the fact that we're here, we have some awareness that Christmas is not about Santa Claus. Christmas is not about the elf on your shelf. Christmas is not about all the traditions and things we do, but, but Christmas, it's about Jesus, The reason we celebrate Christmas, the reason we have this holiday, it is a way for us to remember and recognize and memorialize the reality that God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave to you and I the first, the greatest gift of all time, and that is his son. Romans 5.8 says that God, he demonstrated or proved his love for the world in that before we even had the ability to call upon him, he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus, born of a virgin, Jesus, the baby, he grew up to be a man. And not just a man, but the man, the God man, the one who would live the life we could not live, who would die the death that we deserve, who would, by the power of God's spirit, be raised from death to life on the third day, victoriously having defeated death, hell, and the grave, fully reconciling humanity back to God through faith in his finished work. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is about more than just a baby in a manger. It's the the celebration, the recognizing, the memorial that yes, Jesus was born, but he was born as the fulfillment of the promise made all through the Old Testament. Christmas really is, it's it's the, 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 the celebration that God is a promise keeper, that God is a promise fulfiller, that this promise we had for reconciliation from, from our sins back to God through their Messiah, that Jesus was the fulfillment of this promise. I mean, I said it last week, but in case you weren't here, I want to remind you that Jesus fulfilling the promise, the fulfillment of the promise, that he, he, he didn't stop there, but his finished work now made way or set up for you and I to be able to receive the promises, plural, from God. The Bible says now that all of God's promises, all of God's promises are now yes and amen in Christ. Because of what Jesus did, we now have an open door to receive from him all 
of his promises. Can I tell you this morning that whoever you are, wherever you are in life, uh, whatever decisions you have or have not made, wherever you are in your journey, your relationship with God, maybe you're pursuing God, maybe you're not. Can I just say that wherever you are, God, he has promises that he has made to you, that he wants to give to you. God has purposes. He has plans for your life. And what we're doing in this series is we're, we're kind of posturing our heart or asking this question, if God has given me all of these promises, I have the promise of eternal life in him. I have the promise of all of his provision for what I need here on earth. I have the promise of purposes and plans that he's given for me specifically. If all of these promises are yes and amen, how, how do I posture or position my life to receive those? Because here's what the Bible says, that we are to imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited God's promises. In other words, all of God's promises, they're not on automatic. That's why we have scriptures like Ephesians 2.10 where the apostle Paul writes and he reminds us that we are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. Next time you get up and you're having a bad hair day and a bad face day and just a bad day in general, and you look in the mirror, you remind yourself, I'm the workmanship of God in Christ. I'm the master creation of God and this makeup and this hair gel is gonna help me right now in Jesus' name. Bible because we're, we're the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works that we, that we should. Someone say should. Can I tell you, me and my wife, we don't often use the word should in our household because my children need to know these are not suggestions. These are commandments. All the parents said amen to that. No, 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 I'm sorry. Cleaning your room was not a suggestion. I wasn't like, hey, it'd be a really good day for you and for me if you clean your room. You should do that. No, you must do that or we will be having a conversation. But that's not how God's promises are. Paul, Paul goes, you should walk in them. Like, like that's God's best for you. God's best for you is not your plan, it's his plan. God's best for you is not your version, it's his version. And Paul goes, I, I'm, I'm just encouraging you, you should walk in those. And so we're taking stories from the Christmas story, the biblical narrative, and we're asking the question, how do we wait upon God in such a way that we receive and we fully fulfill or see fulfilled all of his promises? We talked about last week, you'll have to get the podcast because I, I can't recap it all. We talked about last week, the reality that, that Mary received promises from God. In other words, God's promises come from him. And our starting point is going to him and saying, God, I need you to speak to me. God, I need you to talk to me and you to download within me what you have for my life. God, here, here's what I'm facing. Here's what I'm holding right now. God, I need to know what are your promises regarding this situation. And then by faith, like Mary did, we have to be willing to surrender and submit. Oh, I wish I could take more time to preach on this even today, that we gotta, we gotta be willing to surrender and submit our life to him. Mary said, God, let it be according to your word. Not, not my plans. God, let it be according to your word. And today what I wanna talk about is I wanna talk about how receiving God's promises, it really does require, brace yourself, it's a word that no, nobody likes, like, hold, like just hold your neighbor's hand if you need to. It requires obedience. Oh, no, no one likes that word. But it requires, requires obedience. Obedience to the word, the ways, and the will 
of God. Matthew chapter one, uh, if you have your Bible, go there. We're gonna start in verse 18. And I hate to admit this, church, but I think the words on the screen in the back are getting smaller. Because um, I feel like, I feel like they were a lot clearer at one point. And I know it's not me. It's gotta be the words on the screen. I think we need, we need new high-def televisions because I can't, I can't see the, the word. I think it's 18. Um, but if you have notes, I told you I was gonna have you write stuff down. You can write down Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter two, verse 13 through 15. And Matthew chapter two, verse 19 through 23. It's three different passages. We read all of them in first service. We're only gonna read one of them here in second service. Uh, and we'll go with Matthew chapter one, but you can write this down and then reference back to them. But Matthew chapter one, starting in verse 18, it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, being a righteous man, being a devout man, being one who desired to follow God and desired to walk in his ways, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example was minded or had it in his mind, was thinking about, minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, while he thought about these things, the the, the passage doesn't explicitly say that Joseph was in a time of prayer and fasting. However, Bible interprets Bible, and what we can conclude from this passage is that Joseph, like Mary, was a man who had a heart that had drawn near to God. Joseph was a man like Mary who at least had a heart who was postured to say, God, I wanna hear your voice. God, I wanna, I wanna walk in your ways, not my ways. God, I don't wanna live presumptuously and just make decisions. God, I wanna make sure I'm living in, in your pathway. And the Bible says, while he thought about these things, I wonder how much clearer we would hear the Lord if we took more time to think and ponder and be quiet before him rather than always rushing to action and living presumptuously. Just, just food for thought. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled. That the promise, the purpose, the plan of God, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph being aroused from sleep, he did He obeyed, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Again, we won't read these passages, but you'll find the same same pattern in Matthew chapter two, verse 13 through 15 and Matthew chapter two, verse 19 through 23, that Joseph, that, that, that the Lord comes to him in a dream. And the Lord gives him instructions. God gives him commands. And Joseph obeys those instructions and commands. And the result is that it says that it might be fulfilled, which the Lord God 
has spoken. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of the sermon today is simply this, Instructions and Commands. Instructions and Commands. In our 2022 American Christian culture, one of the things we actually don't talk about a whole lot is this idea of obedience. Like that's probably not the most searched sermon on YouTube, how to obey better. Now it's probably more like, how do I get blessed more? How do I live more in my plans and purposes? And we, we don't talk a whole lot about obedience, but, but, but I think we probably should talk more about it because obedience was actually a large part of Jesus's teachings. He, 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 he said things like, blessed are you, not if you hear these sayings of mine, but if you do them. He, he, he spoke to religious leaders and said things like, you know, here, here's where you're missing it. You're working really hard to keep up with your traditions. You're working really hard to make sure you do all the things, the, the traditions, the rituals, the customs. If you don't think you have traditions, you don't think you have rituals and customs, think again, my friend, because they, we, we, we all have them. We have them partly because they've been passed down from generation to generation. We have them partly because we live in a country, in a culture where we are continually comparing ourselves to everybody else. And half of what we do, we don't do because we want to. We do because, well, this is, this is what you do. It's Christmas time. This, this, is, this is what you do. And Jesus would say things like, hey, be, beware because your traditions, you working hard to keep up with with your customs, they've actually caused you to make null and void my word. You're, you're willing to put, put, put aside the word or the commandments of God for the sake of your tradition. I, I know what the Bible says. I know it's this, but you know, we always, and he said, you're willing to put aside what God's word says because of the traditions and customs you hold. Jesus said things like, you know, the, the man who really built a solid life, the man who built a life that was upon a solid foundation where when the wind and the waves of the, of the storms of life, which will affect us all, the man who built a life in such a way that when they came, he felt them, but, they, but it did not affect him. He felt them, but it did not shake him. He was the man who came to me, heard my words, and put them into practice. It's not isolated to, to just Jesus, but, but even we have in passages like Romans chapter 1, verse 5, the Apostle Paul, one of the chief teachers and theologians on the, the, uh, the, the grace of God and the forgiveness of God, he says things like, remember, we've been given grace for the purpose of obedience to the faith. Remember what James said? He said, don't be, don't be hearers of God's word only. Oh, we're good hearers. Come on, we got audio books and podcasts and sermons, you know, more than we know what to do with. And, you know, we're, we're good at hearing things. He said, oh, oh but don't, don't be hearers only. So deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself thinking you're making a lot of progress because you're hearing more stuff. You're deceiving yourself thinking that you're really taking a lot of ground because you're hearing more than you ever have before. Yeah, Brandon, you, like you, 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 you won't believe my, my routine right now. I read seven chapters every morning. I listen to three podcasts. Then I'm listening to this. It's like, that's great. But the question is not what are you hearing? The question is what are you doing? Because James says, don't be hearers only. 
So deceiving yourself, but be doers of God's word. We, we don't like this because primarily in our culture, we go, oh, no, 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 that's legalistic. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had, how many coffee appointments, how many meetings in the office, how many text exchange phone calls, where all we're doing is looking at black ink upon white page. Hey, listen, I, I know that is your preference, but the Bible says that that's not how we're to live. No, 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 I, I get right now that you're really feeling it, but you're about to make a permanent decision based on a passing emotion. It's God, God's word clearly says right here, don't, don't make that decision. Oh, for sure, the opportunity is out of this world. Absolutely. I just don't think it's an open door from God because God's not the only one that knows how to turn door handles. And it may be an amazing opportunity, but it also violates like 35,000 things that the Bible clearly says don't do. And we, we, we don't like that because that, that's legalistic. Can I tell you this morning, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. What, what I want us to, to, to see is that obedience is not legalism. Obedience is not legalism. I'm gonna give you a definition of what legalism is. Legalism is the strict excessive and literal adherence to the law for the purpose of earning and deserving God's love, right, standing with him and his blessing on our life. Let me read that to you again. Legalism, it's the strict, excessive, and literal adherence to the law for the purpose of earning and deserving God's love, right, standing with him and his blessing. Legalism says, if I do all these things, God's pleased with me. Hey, God, have you seen the streak I got going right now in my daily devotions? I don't know if you've been paying attention. I know you got a lot of things going on, but uh, 33 days straight, just saying. This, and, and somehow, like, God's going, Whoa, guys, someone get the blessing training, get in this guy's life because he's, but, but we think like that. In, in, in the same way, we have a season where maybe we're not doing all the things that we think or we know we should be doing. We're like, I just, I just feel, I feel disconnected from God. I feel low. Legalism. See, because our theology teaches us that we're not loved by God. We're not saved by God. We're not brought into right standing or right relationship with God. We're not at peace with God. We don't have access to all of his blessings and his benefits by our works, but rather by his finished work. Like good, good theology just, just tells us, no, there's no way that my good works earn and deserve God's love because God demonstrated his love before I even had awareness of him. Be, God's the one that made the first move. We have passages like Ephesians chapter two that it says, for by grace you have been saved. Not through your Bible reading, not through your prayer life, not through how many good things you've done and how often you serve at the food pantry. No, no, no. By grace, you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. I love Romans chapter five because it's just so clear. It says, therefore, having been justified, the, 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 the Greek translation of that word just means declared right with God. Having been declared right with God by by works? No, by faith. 
Having been declared, like if you had a radio station, 91.U, you'd hear all day long, righteous, loved, accepted, having been, been justified by faith, we have peace with God through him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. In other words, we are standing today, my brothers and sisters, in the grace of God. All of his blessings, all of his benefits, all of his promises being yes and amen, not because of what you've done, because of what he has done. Well, if, if good theology teaches us that the love and the blessing and the, the favor and relationship and all these things are by faith, through faith by grace, then, well, then what place does obedience have in, in our life? I want to read you my definition. Um, it, it says, or, or my definition would be this, that obedience, it is the recognition and the wholehearted submission to the fact that God is God, Jesus is Lord, and the Holy Spirit is our guide. Obedience is to submit and comply wholeheartedly to whatever God says because he is God and I am not. Because Jesus is Lord and I am not. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who leads and guides, I am not the one who takes control. Obedience, it's not for the purpose of earning or deserving God's love, his approval or his blessing. No, obedience, someone say obedience. Obedience is for the purpose of allowing God to lead our life in victory and triumph. God in his infinite wisdom and understanding has the ability to lead my life in a far superior way than I do in my finite wisdom and understanding. I heard someone say this one time that, you are entitled to your point of view as long as you remember it's a singular point from a singular view or it's a view from a singular point. We can't even see what's, what's on our back. You ever had someone put, put a sign on your back, kick me? Remember when you were like 12 years old and you thought that was hilarious? I, the whole joke is you can't, you can't even see what's behind you. And yet we think we have the ability to navigate life and to make permanent decisions that will affect our life and our family for years to come because we think it seems good. Now, Proverbs 14, 12 tells us there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is destruction. Come on, anybody besides for me, you ever made a decision before that you thought was the right one and it didn't end well? You, you're at the restaurant, you see the menu and the new item, the picture is a lie. Come on, you ever been there? It's like the picture no, 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 I ordered the picture, bro, not this. I don't know what this is or who you got working, but tell him he needs to go see, look at the picture. Because this is, there are things that seem right to us, but we're, we're limited. Remember, the Bible doesn't say that we're saved uh, or, or that salvation comes if we believe in our heart and confess him as savior. It says no, no salvation comes when we believe in our heart and confess Jesus as Lord. Let us remember the starting point of our salvation is a knee bowed to him. Jesus, you are Lord. I am not. I'm not God. I don't know it all. I don't see it all. I do not have the infinite wisdom and understanding you have. I submit to you as Lord. You now call the shots. You now make the decisions. See, obedience isn't for the purpose of earning and deserving. Obedience is for the purpose of saying, God, I need you to lead me. Second Corinthians 
2.14 says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Thank you, God, who's always leading me to position and posture me for his best for my life. See, it's important that we understand that obedience is not legalism and that obedience is not for earning or deserving, but rather obedience is, is allowing him to posture and position us. Because if you're taking notes, write this down. Second thought today is simply this, that God, he often answers our prayers with instructions and commands. Does God do supernatural miracles? Yes. It is our theology, it is our belief, it is what we, 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 we put our feet, feet upon in this church, that we serve a supernatural, miracle-working, all-powerful God where nothing is impossible for him. Can I get an amen? It's, this is the God we serve. But what scripture teaches us is that sometimes God does supernatural miracles right now. A lot of times, God does supernatural miracles through a process in our life as we submit and surrender to him as Lord and we obey his instructions and his commands. Again, we, we don't have time for it because I obviously way overpacked this sermon like my daughter way overpacked her suitcase going to camp. I'm dropping my six-year-old off and I'm like, there's no way you use this amount of stuff in a week at my house. And you, another, another day. But we don't have time, but if we would, we'd go back through Matthew chapter one and Matthew chapter two, how in, in each instance, Joseph, he receives an instruction and a command. God comes to Joseph and he gives him an instruction and a command. And, and by the way, this is not isolated to Joseph, but we see this all through scripture. Let, let's go all the way back to Genesis. Do you remember Abraham? God comes and brings Abraham a promise. Hey, Abraham, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. We can't have kids right now. I know, it's gonna be a miracle. I'm gonna be the father of many nations. And through your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed, speaking to, to, to Jesus who would come through Abraham's line. And, and he followed his, his promise with an instruction. So leave your father's house, get out of this country and go to a land that I will, I will show you. Well, what about Naaman? He's one of my favorite stories in the Bible because Naaman, he had leprosy. There was no cure to this disease. There was nothing they could do in this time. And he comes to the prophet. And in essence, the prophet says, yes, God will heal you. Go, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. That's dumb. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. <clears throat> I know you're the man of God and all, and I don't want to disrespect you, but do you not think that I've tried to take a bath? I've bathed many times, sir, many times, and nothing happens. It's not the point. He goes, go dip in the Jordan River seven times, and he, he gives him an assurance, a promise, followed by instructions and commands. What about the Apostle Paul that has this radical encounter with God where God knocks him off of his donkey and a light shines around him, and in essence, he calls him into the ministry, the purpose, the plan that he has for him, and immediately... God goes, okay, so go to this place, talk to this person and, and do, do whatever they say, instructions. And so often God, he gives us promises. He, he reveals to us the purpose and plan for our life, but he follows them with instructions and commands. Our issue is we don't wait around long enough to, to hear the instructions and commands. I, I, 
I, I have to admit, my kids get this honest because I can remember gr- growing up, uh, Pastor Gil, my, my dad, our senior pastor, I can remember growing up and him getting so frustrated with me. I've, I've gotten healed from that. It's fine. You don't need to pray for me. Um, kidding. But, but he gets so frustrated. And, and by the way, I still do this today and I, I need help. Um, but like, once I hear what I want to hear, good to go. 10-4. See ya. And I'm, and, and so often he'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not done talking. I know, but, but I feel done listening because I got the answer that I was looking for. All, all I need to know is, can I go to this person's house and can I have $20? I heard yes, so all I needed, I was, but, but we're like that with God. Oh God, thank you for your promises. See you next week. Yeah, God's got a big plan for my life. All right, see you later, God. And, and for a lot of us, we haven't stopped to consider, wait, wait a minute, but what's he asking you to do? God, I need you to heal my body. And God says, yes, my will is to heal you. By my stripes, like you're healed. Here's what I want you to do. And by the way, and this is an example, so don't take this as this is what God's saying to you, but maybe it is. I want you to start every day getting up and taking communion. You, you use the Welch's and some rich crackers. And every day I want you to start meditating and remembering that that my body was broken and my blood was spilled for you. Okay, no, no, I'm not done, I'm not done, okay. And, and also, <clears throat> you need to cut down your Chick-fil-A and your Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> by like 65%. Okay, okay. And, and I need you to start like moving more. Okay. And by the way, all the, the baggage you're carrying, you gotta cast your care upon me because it's killing you from the inside out. I haven't given you permission to carry those burdens and walk around with that anxiety. No, 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 you can't. God, I need you to financially meet my needs. And he goes, I can do that. I literally can, like I own everything in case you were wondering. And, and he goes, yeah, I'm like, absolutely. Thank, thank you, God. Whoa, 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 I'm not done. Okay. Um, I, I need you to, you to start tithing. And I want you to start living, living generously instead of like this. And I want you to get, get on a budget. No, God, I'm just looking for like a, like a breakthrough right now. I was talking with a guy one time, we were talking about just the process, and he goes, no. He goes, honestly, I'd rather have faith for like just like a, like, like a miracle right now. And I'm like, me too, me too. Like, I wish we could order, like God, I'm taking the number three with, with an immediate size, not a, but it doesn't work like that. And God says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can redeem your life from the pit. I, I, I will get you out of debt so fast and I can bless you and I can increase you. But first, we got to deal with some stuff in here. So I'm asking you, will you start trusting me with your 10%? Will you start living generously when I, when I move your heart? Will you go and will you get someone to help you to get on a budget and stop spending like you own it and start stewarding like I own it? God, heal my marriage. Okay, I can do that. But let me talk to you for a second. I need you to start getting in the secret place every morning because, I, because I, I need you to start leading your family and loving your wife like I love the church. 
I, I need you to start making decisions that are in, in wisdom, not in reaction. So I, I, I will heal your marriage, but first I need you, sir, to go get in the secret place and start getting filled with my spirit every day so you can walk led and, 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 and empowered by me and so that the way you treat your wife and your kids is, is in demonstration of the fruit of the spirit, not, not of your flesh. I need you to humble yourself and go talk to someone. See, we don't like this stuff because, God, I just want you to do it. No, 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 no. God often answers prayers with instructions. And we could go all day long with examples. But the point is, God, he wants to speak to you, not just to give you a promise. He wants to give you wisdom to know, but God, what do I do today? And, and, and it matters because, and we'll close with this, it matters because obedience really is the key. Obedience really is the key to seeing God's purposes and plans and promises fulfilled. Now, let me direct you back to where we started. Obedience is not about earning or deserving. So when I say obedience is the key, what, what I don't mean is, yeah, God's waiting. Like, like God, like we, we instituted a chore chart in our household. And um, par, part of me is so thankful that, that our kids are doing so well in it. And part of me wishes that my wife would have structured the financial incentive a little bit differently because um, they're bleeding us dry. <laughs> but but God's, God doesn't have a chore chart up there. All right, here, here's the deal. Here's my promises for you. And um, if you can get it all right this week, you've, you've earned my blessing. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll heal you. But let's just see if you can get a 30-day streak going of not cussing on your way to work when you're in traffic. Let's see. Probably shouldn't do that, by the way, but you know, it's, obedience is not about earning or deserving. Obedience is the recognition that I am not God. Obedience is the recognition that I'm not the Lord of my life. I don't have the ability to make daily decisions and make moves and organize and prioritize my life in a way that gets me to where God has called me. I, I'm always looking for the immediate. God's trying to do something in me. But, but by the way, and then, and then we, we need to be done because I want for us to have time at the end and we have to pick up our kids. But, but, but by the way, obedience requires faith. Let me tell you why. Because oftentimes what God asks us to do, the instructions and commands he, he, he gives us, they don't make sense to us. And, and here, here's how I can prove it to you. If they made sense, the Bible would not say we walk by faith and not by sight. No, if, if God's instruction and commands are like, yeah, thank you, God, for confirmation, for sure. I actually already thought these six steps would end. You know, a lot of times God gives us an instruction. He, he gives us a command and we're like, I don't, I'm not against that, God. You just don't understand like the, the squeeze I'm feeling. I don't, that doesn't seem connected to this thing over here. He goes, no, 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 just trust, you trust me. You don't trust what you can see. You don't trust what makes sense to you. You, you, you trust what I'm saying. The Bible says the children of Israel the first generation, they went on the longest camping trip of all time, 40 years, and they died. And it says that they did so, they did not enter in because of unbelief. Well, another, another verse says, well, it was unbelief, but actually it was disobedience. 
Which one was it? It was both. God, I don't trust you enough to do what you're telling me to do. So I'm gonna do it my way. That's called disobedience. And it's rooted in a lack of faith. It takes faith to go, God, this doesn't seem connected. But you're telling me if I'll do this, you're gonna meet me right here. God, no, 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 God, we're like we're like we're trying to like get our finances back in order right now. And giving you 10% off the top. I know you like invented math, God, but it's just not mathematically. So he goes, no, no, no. I'm I'm giving you an opportunity to, to trust me. What, what, what does Malachi say? And this, this sermon is not about tithing, but it says, test me in this. Hey, I'm, I'm inviting you, come and test me. Try me now in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out on you such blessing. You won't have, have, have room enough to receive it. We're going, it's not connected. Oh, it's connected. God, no, 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 I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying, try, trying to get this promotion at work. And you're telling me I just need to spend more time in the secret place. It's not, you know, it's connected. It's connected. Could, could, because maybe God's trying to get you to see or he's trying to prepare you to know, I'm, I'm gonna promote you at work. But when I promote you to this level, you're gonna need another level of wisdom you don't have. No, 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 I wanna promote you. But when I promote you, there's going to be opportunity. And if your character is not intact, the promotion won't bless your family. It'll kill your family. So you don't think it's connected. My son, it is connected. The question is, do we have the faith to go, all right, God, I know what your promises. I'm saying yes and amen to your promises. God, I'm submitting my life that whatever your instructions and commands are, and I'm willing to say yes to those. I, I know I, I, I talked a little bit longer than I wanted to, but what I'd like for us to do as we close this morning, <clears throat> I don't want, it to, want us to get up and just rush out of here. But <clears throat> the Bible says if anybody lacks wisdom, another translation, if anybody just doesn't know what to do, if they'll ask God, God will give liberally, generously to that person. I'd just like to give you an opportunity this morning as we close, our team's gonna, gonna play for a moment. Just where you are, maybe get, get your pen, get your journal out, get your phone, your iPad, whatever it may be, and say, God, I don't know what to do. I need this promise, God. God, my family needs a miracle. And I know you're faithful to your word, God. And so I'm saying yes and amen. Yes, God, I believe that you can do it for me and you will do it for me. But God, I just don't know what to do in the meantime. So God, today, would you give me, would you give me instructions? God, God, would you give me commands today? God, I want to be like Joseph. I got some things that I'm kind of thinking I should do. I want to know what you want me to do. What do you need me to do? Matter of fact, would you just close your eyes and bow your head and can we just take a minute just right where you are? <clears throat> Lord, today, more than anything, we say it often, but more than anything, God, we, we need your word. We need you to speak to us. We need your commands today, God. We need to know what it is you're asking us and what it is 
that you're instructing us to do. And so God, I pray for every single person who's here under the sound of, of, of my voice. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus that God, as we take just a few moments here as we close, to sit and worship and posture our heart to receive from you. That God, you would you'd reassure us of promises and purposes and plans. But God, today, oh, would you be clear and would you give us instructions? Would you tell us, what, not what our neighbor's doing, but would you tell us what we need to do, God? And I pray in the name of Jesus, by faith, as we start walking in the instructions and commands of your word, of your will, of your ways, that God, we will see progressively day by day the promises of God fulfilled in our life. In Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.